Well, hey, Harvest. Thank you. So excited to be with you opening God's word today. My name is Jeff. A lot of people call me JT. Grateful to be here in Rolling Meadows and to be with each of you at one of our campuses or online. We're so grateful that you would come and join us. Welcome to church today and welcome to the worst part of Chicago winter. This is where it's snowy and gray and dirty and there's more than two months left of this. You realize that before spring. I, listen, I love you, so I tell you the truth. But it actually is the most wonderful time of year. And, and it's the most wonderful time of year for one reason. It is Girl Scout cookie time of year. Come on. Some of you are cheering because you have a boatload of them on your cabinet as well. Uh, just like at my house, we spent way too much on Girl Scout cookies. But, you know, I mean, it's for a good cause. <laughs> Thin mints, meat, you know. Um, you know, and, and we've got this thing at our house where, you know, we only let our kids have so many of them at a time. You know, because we want to pretend like we're good parents at least, you know. So uh, we only tell our kids, you just have a couple of them. But, you know, I don't always follow that same thing, where, where I'm eating more of them. And my kids frequently say, you know, it's so unfair. Just because you're an adult, you can eat as many of those cookies as you want. <laughs> you're right. It's not fair. And, and, oh, I can sit down at any time on the couch and pound an entire sleeve of Thin Mints, no problem. Serving size four cookies. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know? But, but I could do that. I could sit down and pound a whole sleeve pretty easily. Now, I'm not going to because I know how I'll feel afterwards with a lot of sugar in me. I know what that'll do to my body and my mind and my, the way I'll feel the rest of the day. You see, that's the type of maturity that I'm hoping at some point that my kids will get as well, that oftentimes, most times in life, we want to make a wise decision rather than a decision that's according to my wants or my desires or my craving for thin mints at the moment, because it's what mature people do. In 1 Corinthians 2, 6 and following, uh, Paul is telling us about a spiritual wisdom, a spiritual wisdom for a spiritual people, a wisdom that's contrary to this world, that's contrary to what we see in the world around us and the rulers of this age, and a wisdom that comes only from the Spirit to draw us into greater maturity in Jesus Christ. Let's pray together as we begin. Father, we are grateful for your word that you have given us and continue to give us so perfectly. We're grateful for the opportunity to look into it. Would you, by your spirit, open our eyes to what we see in your text so that you may instruct us in maturity, that we would grow in a, in a life of the wisdom of God to glorify you with our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you haven't already, grab hold of your Bible, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 
2, you know, Paul has been telling us up to this point, he's been talking about the divisions that are in the Corinthian church and challenging us towards unity, and he's been telling us how this message, the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, how it's foolishness to the world around us. This message that, that our king would come in humility and would live among a messy and sinful and dirty people and then allow the rulers of this age to brutally crucify him. You see, the, the one who breathed very breath of life into these people who would take his last breath on earth. As he freely gave himself up on a cross to save those of us who are weak and foolish. It's a message of foolishness to the world. He did what seems weak to show his power. He did what seems foolish to show God's wisdom. And Paul here in chapter 2 is saying that this wisdom of God is hidden from the world. This wisdom is revealed by the Spirit, and this wisdom is known by the spiritual. First, this wisdom is hidden from the world. Let's see it in our text together. He says, yet among the mature, here's our, one of our key words for today, he, among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it's not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, but we impart a secret and a hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. He's imparting this wisdom to the mature while the world would hear all that we say and Paul says about Jesus and thinks it's foolish. Those who are mature recognize it as the wisdom of God. So what does Paul mean here by maturity? What is he telling us about the mature? Well, here's a couple other passages let's look at together that will help us understand what Paul means here by the word mature. First, um, Colossians 1.28. If you've been following Jesus for a while, you know this verse. It's him we proclaim. Jesus we proclaim. Warning everyone, this is important, and teaching everyone with all wisdom, there's our key word again, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. That we might present everyone mature in Christ. You know, I love that uh, Pastor Jeff frequently says, you know, we are after more and better Christians. And we're after more and better churches. I love that vision. That's what we're about. That's what we're going for. It's better Christians. It's making disciples for the glory of God. It's maturity in Christ. And this maturity here, you see, comes from warning and from teaching according to God's wisdom. That's the maturity that's growing in us. Now, here's another passage 
Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. This word, perfect, is the same word that's translated mature in our other passage. And so when you're going through a trial, some of you right now in this room, watching online, some of you are going through a serious trial right now. And when you feel like, God, what is happening? Why is this happening? What are you trying to do through this trial? This is what he's doing. This is what he's doing through the trial. He's making you perfect. He's making you mature through the trial. That is why the trial is there. Now, I don't know specifically what God is teaching you through it, and lots of times you won't know. But we can be sure that God is working in us. Look at that word. Perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. That's the maturity that we are growing in because of what God is doing. So in the difficult seasons of life, back to this again, this is why James can say, count it joy. Not because the trial is great. He's not saying be happy about the trial. He's saying look beyond what's happening right in front of you to what is coming. The perfection, the completeness, the lacking in nothing, the maturity that's happening in you in the trial. It's a fruit that's become fully ripe and is ready to be enjoyed. It's that investment that has reached its full potential and is now ready to be cashed out. It's maturity. That's what God is doing in you and in me through our seasons of life. And what he's saying here is that those who are mature receive God's wisdom Receive this message of Jesus Christ for what it really is. It's the wisdom of God. Now, I know that, like, you know, we're not supposed to read ahead. So don't tell Jeff. But we're going to look ahead, okay? Are we okay on this? It's going to be our secret, okay? You too, online. So our secret. So look ahead, uh, chapter 3, the very first verse of chapter 3. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. It's kind of funny to me that Paul calls them babies. But, but that's what he says. But he tells them, you know, I, I couldn't address you as spiritual people. I couldn't really talk to you as mature people because you were immature. And so what I think he's saying in our passage today, he begins it again, yet among the mature, we do impart this wisdom. Paul's, he's kind of making a little jab at him, I think. Like, you, you think you're so wise by saying, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm a, we got all these divisions, and I'm so great. And you think you're wise, but by your divisions, you're showing me that you're actually immature, and I can't even talk to you like mature people. You're spiritual people, but you're not acting like it. 
So our passage today, Paul is telling them and us what we have in the wisdom of God, that we can be mature, we can exhibit and grow in maturity as we receive the wisdom that's from the Spirit. But, I mean, many of us are just as immature as they are. Many of us still sit down and eat a sleeve of Thin Mints, even though we know that we shouldn't. You think you're mature, but you allow your politics and your views of the vaccine to cause you a division with other believers. You think you're mature, but you frequently give in to your passions and your feelings when you know better. You think you're mature, but fail to keep your word. You think you're mature, but you allow your emotions to be the engine driving your train of thinking. But those who are mature are people of wisdom. This is a wisdom, note that, let's go back to our passage again. Note, this is a wisdom that's two things. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages. Before the ages, before the world was ever created, God declared that this wisdom would be for you and for me. This message of Jesus Christ on the cross for me and for you. It was decreed before all the ages, but then notice how it was decreed. It was decreed what? For our glory. Now, we often, I'm, I love this little sentence, I pray it a lot, God, would you do this for your glory and our good? And I think that's true. I think it's something we see in Scripture. But what he's saying here is this message of wisdom is for your glory. Like, even more than, than the glory of Jesus Christ, he's saying that you receive that glory because of your position in Jesus Christ. That when you have received the wisdom of God and are growing in maturity in the Spirit, that the glory is coming to you. That is an amazing truth, brothers and sisters. That we get to be recipients of God's glory Not because of me, but because of what Jesus did. Because of this message that is so foolish to the world. Yet wisdom to those of us who are being saved. We receive the gospel, the wisdom of God, and it brings about our glory. It's a wisdom that's hidden from the world. But it's a wisdom that's second, revealed in the spirit. Let's keep looking at our text. Kind of getting the hang of driving this thing. All right, none of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed, here we go, revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? 
so also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. He's telling us what is coming, what we have and will have because of what God has prepared for us, what's waiting for us. He says you can't even imagine what's in store for you because of what God has done in his wisdom in giving you Jesus Christ and giving you eternity with him. Now, as I was reading, I don't know if it hit you the way that it did for me, but as I was reading this, it seemed a little odd to me that as Paul is talking about wisdom, as he's talking about maturity, why in the world is he talking about heaven? Why is this the thing that he goes to? Think about it like this. If I were looking to purchase a car, there would be some cars that... Um, I, it would be unwise for me to purchase because of what's in my bank account, or rather was not in my bank account. There would be some specific cars that are, this is why I drive an 06. There are specific cars that would be unwise for me to purchase. Now, it might be perfectly wise for many of you to go out and purchase an expensive car, and it's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Enjoy what God has given you. It's a wise decision for you because of what you have in your bank account. Paul's telling us the reason that this gospel way of living that, that seems like foolishness to the world, the reason that it makes sense, the reason that it's God's wisdom is because of what you already have. It's in your bank account. It, it's sitting there waiting for you. God is preparing it for us and you have it. And so the things in this life that might seem foolish to the world around us, they're perfectly wise because of what you already have. God's provided it for you. Jesus told a few parables about this that help us kind of get this same idea. Um, now, a parable, if, if you're new to the faith, a, a parable is a short story that Jesus told that has a point. And so he's telling these stories to make some points about what the kingdom of heaven is. And he says, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and he sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant. He's in search of fine pearls who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it, bought that pearl. So Jesus is telling us, sell all that you have to purchase the field with the treasure buried in it. Give all that you have for the pearl of great price. That's actually the wise thing to do because of what's hidden there, because of what's found, because the truth has been revealed to you. Notice in each of these, this is a dude going along, 
And, and what does he do? A man found. He discovered it. He's sitting there walking around a field and, oh my goodness, look at this. It was revealed to him. He found it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who on finding one, it's that, oh my goodness, look what I've found. And it changes the way that we act. It changes our definition of wisdom because of what's really there. That's what Jesus is telling us. If I have the money and I can afford it, it's not at all a foolish decision to buy that car. Another way, do you remember those, um, those magic eye pictures? Does anybody remember those? Like they were really big like back in the 90s. It's this, this picture of all of these colored dots and, and a little bit of a pattern, but it just seems random and it seems just kind of like a mess. And, and the more you would, you would stand there and stare at the picture, I actually never got one to work, so I'm not really sure, but uh, you would stand there and stare at the picture for a really long time. And it's just blurry and blurry, and blurry. And then like... I see a sailboat. It like suddenly is revealed to you and then you can't not see the sailboat because it was revealed to you. It was made known to you. It was found by you. It was there all along as I stared into the nothingness. And in a moment, it was revealed to me just like the gospel of Jesus Christ in the same way that the spirit reveals it to us in a second. Here I was going along my life looking for something, striving to find some sort of meaning in all of the chaos and mess and dirtiness of this world. And in a moment, the spirit revealed to me that I was a sinner in need of a savior and the perfect Lord of glory gave his life on a cross so that I could be saved by believing in him. It's the pearl of great price and it changes my view of what wisdom is. It's the treasure hidden in the field and it changes my view of what wisdom looks like in my life today. So if you've believed on Jesus for your salvation, you've received this spirit and therefore you have all of God's wisdom available to you. These things, this wisdom is revealed by the spirit and it's freely given to you. And then third, because this wisdom is known by the spiritual the wisdom is known by the spiritual. Our text again, continuing verse 13, and we impart this, what he's saying, this wisdom, in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. He's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. 
For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. It's been known to those of us who are spiritual. Paul's words about the gospel, his wisdom, it isn't taught by human wisdom. He didn't go to school to learn all of these things. It was taught, it was revealed to him by the Spirit. It's just like we saw in Acts a couple months ago. We were looking at Acts 4 and verse 13. There's Peter and John before the rulers of the, the, the land, and they, it says that they saw that they, Peter and John, were uneducated men. And then they recognized that they had been with Jesus. See, as we follow Christ, as we draw near to him, as we seek to understand his desires for my life, we begin to live and act and even think in ways that are congruent with who he is. That's what maturity is. This wisdom, it comes from being with Jesus. It comes by the Spirit. But we often treat it like, you know, if we just had a, a different plan in our nation, if we just had a different policy, if we had a different politician in office, then, then suddenly the world would see all of this truth. It's only discerned by the spiritual because the Spirit is the one revealing it. Notice, if you go back a little bit, they are folly, they're stupid, foolish to the person who's not spiritual, and he is not able to understand them. He's not able. Loved ones, the world around us, it's not just that they don't see it yet, they are not able the scales have not fallen from their eyes yet. They're not able to. So you beating them over the head, trying to get them to have your morality, they're not able to see it. If you leave um, some leftovers out on your counter and then you leave the house, it doesn't make any sense to scream at your dog for eating them off the counter. He's a dog. He doesn't, he's not able to understand. We don't go over to the kids' ministry over here and yell at all the babies for going in their diaper instead of using the bathroom. They're not able. They, they just don't, they don't understand. They've got to learn those things. And so, of course, they don't have the same morality we do. Of, of course the world doesn't see what we do. The, the, they're lost. They're not able to see it. You were lost and unable to see it until the Holy Spirit made the scales fall from your eyes and it made sense and the wisdom of God rushed in and then you were able to take the steps of maturity. Our job isn't to legislate morality. It's not to communicate all of those things. It's to communicate Jesus and our utter need for a Savior and then allow the Spirit in His wisdom to reveal it to the people He wants to reveal it to. 
Allow him to do the work in people's lives. Our job is to love and be compassionate to those who are still lost and to communicate the good news of Jesus Christ even when they think it's foolish. That's our job. Because this is never intended to be something that we look down on others for. You don't have the spirit. You don't know the secret handshake. How do you receive it? By grace. You did nothing to earn it. You received it by grace. We don't look down on people who don't see it yet. We pray for them and we hope and we trust and we give it all to the Lord and hope that at some point he reveals himself to them. This should lead us to immense gratitude for the Lord for the grace that he's given me because I couldn't see it. I was not able to see it until his spirit revealed it to me. We are undeserving, dirty people and yet in compassion, the spirit revealed it to us. And so we should have compassion for those who the spirit has not yet revealed himself to. Because this wisdom is only known by the spiritual. It's freely given to us. Like we saw in verse 12, it's freely given, but it's only known by the spiritual. You know, for a lot of us, as you get older, um, you know, your eyes don't work as well, and maybe you need some reading glasses. I, I always see at the beginning of a sermon when I say turn to a passage, there's a whole bunch of whoop, people putting on their glasses. It's fine. No hard feelings. This is what we are. We're, these are all broken vessels that are continuing to break, and you got to do some things to fix them later. It's fine. Um, there are glasses that you need to put on, but how silly of us to sit on the couch straining to read a book while our reading glasses sit on the table right next to us. You see, you have everything at your disposal to be able to see those words clearly. And yet, the glasses are left on the table, and we're unable to see with clarity. Scripture tells us that you and I have been given all things for life and for godliness. You've been given the Spirit of God. You've been given the Word of God. You've been given the people of God. You have everything you need to grow in maturity in Christ. So put on the glasses. Those glasses enable you to see things in the way that they truly are to step into God's wisdom. So make those active choices to call upon the Spirit of God, to look upon the Word of God, to be in the people of God in an ongoing way so that you can take the glasses and put them on to be able to see what's right in front of you with absolute clarity as the Spirit reveals. 
We are the spiritual because of what's been revealed to us. We have the mind of Christ, Paul tells us. So think like it. You have the reading glasses, so put them on your face and see in the way that you were meant to see. You have the spirit, so grow on towards maturity in Jesus Christ. Where's the place that you need to pick up the glasses off the bedside table and put them on for a moment? Where are you living your life in a way that's of the wisdom of the age rather than the wisdom from the Spirit? Maybe it's something practical like you're seeking after money or status or your appearance or or being true to your own feelings, being true to myself, and yet not looking to the true wisdom, wisdom from the Spirit with clarity about this life and the life to come. You see, if there isn't a spiritual wisdom, if this, what Paul's telling us, doesn't exist, and there's only the wisdom of this world, then it absolutely makes sense for you to look out for number one. It absolutely makes sense for you to do you absolutely makes sense for, let's have more self-love. Let's, let's uh, you know, you're the creator of your own reality. You, you make life what it is. Or, you know what, just, just follow your heart. That absolutely makes sense in the wisdom of this world. But in the wisdom of God, only spiritual people understand and are able to understand God's wisdom. And it only makes sense in God's wisdom for us to show kindness when others are cruel to us, to act in generosity when we're not sure where the finances might come from, to show love to another person when hate or apathy is all we get back, to count others as more significant than myself, to continue in that trial when, oh, oh, I could end it right now if I took matters into my own hands and did it my way, to say no to my desires because of what God says is right and best. In God's wisdom, it actually makes sense, and only in God's wisdom does it really make sense to seek unity rather than being in competition with other Christ followers. Loved ones, we can't imagine what's waiting for us, what God has prepared for those who love him. And in his wisdom, he calls you and I to turn away from worldly wisdom and to live as spiritual people in the light of the reality that we have waiting for us. And in his strength and by his spirit, we'll do just that. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for your perfect 
wisdom that you give, a wisdom that is so contrary to this world, a wisdom that is contrary to our natural way of thinking, but a wisdom that in your perfect plan you have revealed to us by your Spirit. Oh God, we are so grateful, overflowing with gratitude for what you've shown us. We recognize and feel every single day how undeserving we are of your grace that you've given us, of the ways that you've caused the scales to fall from our eyes, the way that you've rushed in and revealed to us your perfect wisdom of Jesus Christ crucified for us. God, help us to live in the light of that wisdom that you've revealed to us, to put on greater maturity in Jesus Christ because of what's waiting for us. Would we see your glory fall here and now in our midst? Would you take more women and men in our communities, in each of the towns and cities that our campuses are in, would you cause the scales to fall from eyes? Would you take them from darkness to light? Would you take them from death to life? Would you take them from foolishness of God to wisdom of God? Would you take them from immaturity to maturity that's found only in Jesus Christ by your grace, by your strength? Would you do it Would you enable us to be able to see the fruit in this world of you working for your glory, for our glory, and for our good, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.